The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama. Created and produced by Crystal Storm. Episode 7. Chapter 19. The Republic Side of the Family. Lancoro. I was on my knees, my hands secured behind my back. Mako was lying on the ground next to me. The cut on her head was a nasty one, and I couldn't seem to stop staring at her blood marking the snow. My fury grew as the seconds ticked by. Patience, Hunter, I reminded myself. She'll live. She squatted down in front of me and I slowly pulled my eyes to her. She resembled my brother, Vancito in that pure-blood Sith way. But that was the only similarity. I'd have gladly died for Vancito. Can't say I'd interfere if someone wanted to kill Makethia. I couldn't do it myself, merely because she was my mother's sister, but... Squad's on the way, sir. Where's Lorimar, Lancoro? It has to be close. What's a Lorimar? Don't get cute. Your list of crimes against the Republic goes on for a mile. Only a mile? I'm slacking. That remark earned me Jorgen's fist in my face. He wasn't family. He was open game. And he wouldn't always be stronger than I was. Blood filled my mouth, and I thought about spitting it right in his eyes. I restrained myself because I didn't trust they wouldn't hurt Mako more. I spit at his feet instead. I'll make you a deal, Lancoro. Gonna untie me and let me go another round with Mr. Thundercat over here? What? Mr. What? Human joke. Bantha breath. We'll let Mako go if you tell me where it is. You care about her, I know you do. I can feel it. I glanced over at Mako. She still hadn't moved. Worry began to leak into my anger, which made it blaze hotter. I looked back at my aunt and let her see it. I hope she did feel it, because I was positive my mother wasn't going to take her crap forever. That meant one day she'd be open game too. You're a traitor to your own family. You have no honor. I don't make deals with scum like you. How dare you, you... Jorgen, stop. Your mother doesn't command the type of loyalty you think she does. If this is going to be a five-minute speech where you try to convince me my mother isn't awesome, you can save it. It's only going to piss me off. I looked back at Mako. She needed a med droid, which meant we needed to get out of here. She keeps a traitor in her ranks. Do you know that? He's on your brother's ship now. That actually made me pay attention to what she was saying. He betrayed me, tried to kill me, and he lives. It was Quinn. Quinn had done that to my mother? That scrawny little... When Darth Angrel put Malavai Quinn in her employ, we didn't trust him as much as she did. Every time he communicated with her master, we knew about it. You knew he was going to try to kill her? Yes. And you did nothing. She's your sister. Had he succeeded, he would have done us a favor. You know, for a butt-kissing Republic light-side lover... You sure are a bitch, aren't you? I jerked my gaze to the right, and there was Aunt Reed. She sported a white mohawk, cybernetic right eye like my mother's, and a shit-eating grin on her face. Her blaster pointed right at Makethia's head. I grinned darkly as I watched the surprised expression slap Makethia and Jorgen in the face. I wouldn't pull a blaster on Aunt Reed. She was naturally good with weapons, and she used the force like Makethia did. Aunt Reed also didn't agree with Mom in regards to keeping family alive. She harbored no hope they could be persuaded to see reason. 
Basically, if not for my mother, Makethia would have been dead five minutes ago. I was sure of it. Jorgen reached for his weapon, but even if he had been quick enough, he wasn't getting a shot off. Akavi Spar, one of my aunt's crew members and fellow Mandalorian, crashed into him. Akavi versus Jorgen was one hell of a fight, let me tell you. The Huts would have made good money off it pulling these two into a ring. My squad is on its way. You're not going to accomplish anything here other than piss me off. Well, they might be a while. Right now your squad has got its hands full with my Wookiee and my nephew's Mandalorian. So, you and me can catch up. Emerging from her stealth position, my Imperial operative sister, Veltana, came up behind me. I leave you alone for five minutes. What took you so long? Aunt Reed is someone coming to take Mako back to your ship and ensure the Republic troopers don't follow. We're headed to Lorimar. I took the moment to run the back of my hand over Mako's cheek. My sister noticed and smirked. I ignored her and shoved on my helmet. Let's go. Chapter 20. A Conversation Between Sisters I saw Makita's eyes move when the coral took off. She was so easy to read. I brought her attention back to me when I fired my blaster right into Eric's back. It didn't breach his armor, but it stunned him and gave Akavi an all-too-easy advantage. She slammed her fibro staff into Arik's stomach, his head, and then knocked his leg out from underneath him. She added insult and more pain when she brought his fist into his chest while he was still slightly midair, drilling him into the ground. Makita wasn't easy to anger, except when it came to Larissa and me. Sources told me that she and Eric had a thing going on, which made attacking something she loved all too easy to not pass up. Makita shot her hand out and the force wave she sent knocked me right onto my back. Pain shot through me. <laughs> nice to see you too, sis. I spun to my feet and fired about six rounds in her direction as I came out. She dodged them, moving sideways and somersaulted for her gun. I swiped a grenade from my belt, yanked the pin out with my pinky and tossed it. It hit the ground right next to her weapon a second before she arrived. The explosion knocked her silently backwards. She was a quick bugger, so it didn't hurt her that much. She got her hands up and used the force to send the majority of the blast away from her face. I leaped and I landed right next to her, my knee in her chest, my blaster pointed in her face. Move, and I'll let Akavi kill Jorgen. You know she's dying to. Makitha went rigid at that, and I could feel the force of her anger. I wondered, for the thousandth time, why she didn't just give into the dark side a little. She'd have had a hell of a lot more fun. You know why I think Larissa won't let me kill you? You look like Vancito. I think that's the only reason. And I think, after telling her what you did to her boy, she's going to get real tired of you. Oh, just do it, you backseat lackey. Makitha hissed and lifted her head, pressing her forehead right into my blaster. She shot her hand up, curling her fingers around the barrel. Make your own decisions for once. Pull the trigger. Do it. Makethia, don't! He was on his knees, his helmet off, his face bruised and a little bit bloody. Akavi had her arm around his neck, her staff in his back, keeping him in place. I glanced at Jorgen. A cold smile slid over my face. 
I looked back down at my sister, leaned a little bit closer, and whispered, He's fair game, though. He's not family yet. That means I get to kill him first. And no, you don't get to watch. Just wonder how I did it. Where I did it. If it hurt him or not, did he turn coward in the end? I could feel the surge of her anger, and I knew she was close to her stopping point. I smirked. My sister was kidding herself, pretending to be all light sides and like Zarin. Don't worry. You've got some time. Enjoy him. And before she exploded and gave me more of a fight than I felt like dealing with just then, I slammed the butt of my blaster into her temple and put her out. I glanced over at Akavi and nodded. She did the same to Jorgen. I holstered my gun, climbing off my sister. Take them to the coordinates programmed into your speeder. Tell Baldor to leave the rest of the Havoc squad there, and then get the hell out. Akavi gave me a very tolerant expression, but followed orders. My holocom beeped, and I answered it. I wasn't surprised to see Larissa. Is he all right? Took a few licks. Good for him, though. They're on their way out. And Makethia? She's still alive, if that's what you're asking. Your boy's little girlfriend got hurt. He stayed focused. Of course he did. I'm on my way to meet them. Thank you, Reed. Stop it. It's ridiculous to thank me. We're family. They knew about Quinn. Monitored his communications. (sighs) My second biggest failure laid bare for her to mock. The first wasn't your fault. I meant it, and she didn't believe me, and I knew it. It was the reason for everything we were doing, and a lot more than she owed, in my opinion. Makita and Zarin owed their lives, and their success to my sister, so many times over. And I always made sure they knew it every chance I got. Let me know when you have it. I will. See you on Debrillion. Good hunting. Chapter 21. No definition needed. Working with any of my siblings, things just clicked. I had a great rhythm with Mako, but there was something very natural about being in combat with my sister. I felt the same with Vancito. Lorimar was full of white paw gang members that apparently hadn't gotten the message we were now allies. Or rather, they worked for us. Neither I nor Tana were in the mood to negotiate, so we just killed them. Tana would go stealth and knife one in the back. Before his comrades could figure out what was going on, I'd shot two and she sniped the four. We tore through the compound and didn't hold anything back. I had a lot of aggression that needed to come out, and every time I kicked someone's face in or blew their stomachs all over the floor, I felt a little bit better. We finally got to another sealed door, and Tana had it open in no time. I went in first, blasters out. I was checking corners when Tana nudged me, and then I noticed it. Sitting in the far center of the room was a large closed container, and sitting behind that closed container was a big fracking droid that appeared to be offline. Bet you ten credits the droid wakes up when we open the box. Bet you twenty we don't even open the box before the droid wakes up. I studied the container and droid in front of us a moment longer, and decided my sister was probably right. We advanced slowly, cautiously, prepared for anything. The moment we got within a click of the container, the droid shot upwards on full alert. Hold you. I am Heavy Resource Recovery Machine 5. 
I will not allow you to open the case. Do you understand? We were sent here by Lorimar to retrieve it. Anna, it's scanning us. Just hold still. Your biosignature does not match that of the retriever. Failsafe 1376 activated. State the password or be destroyed. Kill it? Kill it. Try and save the memory core, though. Got it. Battles with droids are not long. You either killed it quick, or you got blasted to pieces. Tana stunned it, and I opened up on it, taking it down quick and hard. While I went about opening up the case, she retrieved the droid's memory core. Think you'll find out who was supposed to pick this up? Maybe. It's always good to know who you've taken something from and just made an enemy out of. Good point. I stared down into the case, which was unnecessarily huge for what was inside. I reached down and pulled out a small, square-shaped, closed black box. Popping it open, a neural chip sat inside. Bingo. How about that? Let's move. We'll celebrate later. Always the smart one, my sister. We left quickly, stepping over dead bodies, and emerged back outside. I took off my helmet to let some of the cold air in and looked at Tana. Where are you headed next? Elsavis. The Empire, it's... Well, every day I understand Mom and Dad a little bit more. Yeah, me too. I snapped back to the present, though, and hugged her. She hugged me back. What's with you and the goody-two-shoes slicer? She's not goody-two-shoes. She keeps me grounded. I like her. Yeah, I could tell. Don't lose focus. Men get stupid when they start falling in love. I'm the most focused member of this family. And what about you? No boyfriends or anything? What about that Vector guy? <sighs> Seriously? That man who joined with Helix? Yeah, because I could share all the family secrets with him, and the whole hive would know. He's too nice for my tastes, and way too in love with spreading the message of the Empire through diplomatic channels. Put a bounty on him, and I'll take care of it. Oh, thanks, big bro. I can handle it. Had threesome of Calio last week. Good for a while. Okay, way too much information. I told her if she was going to keep bringing guys onto my ship, she was going to start sharing. Stop. Stop. Me inquiring about a boyfriend does not mean I want to know about your sleazy sex life. Make only likes missionary, huh? I will not be baited by you. Don't you have somewhere to be? <laughs> yeah, I do. Important imperial business and all that. Be careful out there. Yeah, you too. I watched her jog away a second before I felt a presence behind me. I grinned faintly and turned around to face Aunt Reed. I wish I could have stayed for the beatdown. She's still your aunt. Show some respect. She might be your sister, but she's not my aunt. Did you get it? Here. Neural chipset inside. Looks like we were right. He was here. Been chasing after this thing for a long time. You find Lorimar? I'm getting closer. I'm sure I'll get him right when I need to. There was a big droid guarding the chip. It was waiting for someone to pick this thing up. Veltana's got the memory core. Smart girl. I'll check in with her. Good seeing you, boy. Aunt Reed gave my cheek a loving slap, jumped on her speeder, and hauled out. I knew Torian had a report to give me about what had happened with the rest of Havoc Squad, but I had to give him credit for holding his tongue. The only thing he had said to me when I finally got back on board my ship was to tell me Mako was in my quarters and the doc said she was stable. I took the stairs, two at a time. 
When I was in the doorway of my quarters, I just stood there, looking at her. She was at home in my space. I liked her here. Liked looking around and noticing the little things she'd left, that she'd moved. Then my gaze slid to the bump on her head, and I frowned darkly. I'd become so lost in my anger that I didn't even notice she'd woken up. Her voice pulled me out of it, and my gaze returned to her face. Your mom says she wants to meet me if things get serious. Are they... serious? Truth be told, I didn't expect that to be the first thing she asked me when she woke up. I walked over and sat down on the edge of the bed next to her. We don't have to define it just yet, Mako. She said nothing for a moment, just studied my face. Slowly, she sat up, touching my cheek and running her thumb underneath one of my many bruises I'd gotten that day. How did you know they were coming? I paused. For right now, I didn't want things getting any more complicated for her by telling her about my minimal force abilities. Bounty hunter gut feeling? That's incredibly sexy. More than my melty look? Nothing beats your melty look. She raised her face, brushing her lips across mine. After everything that had happened today, I didn't want to be gentle, and yet I did. It was some crazy kind of complexity, and it made me shudder. I brought up my hands, cupping her face, taking control of the kiss she tried to deepen, because I felt like I was going to snap at any second. In which direction, I didn't know. Gotta love my little slicer. She made the decision for me. I've got a bump on the head. I didn't turn into glass. Get closer, big guy. I got a lot closer. Chapter 22. Unexpected Allies. It is a small galactic world. Elijah often said our alliance with the planet of Dubrillion was guided by the Force. It started when Reed's ship was stolen from her. When she retrieved it, she found Risha Drayan inside. Reed hadn't realized it was the legendary pirate Nock Drayan's daughter until much later. I hadn't known that Vet had been a part of Nock's crew and a good childhood friend of Risha's until she mentioned it to me during one of our many late night after battle drinking sessions. After learning that and getting the news from Reed, everything else just clicked into place. Pulling Debrillion from its stupid little civil war into a state of order had been remarkably simple. Risha now sat on the throne. She and Vet regained their friendship, and Risha trusted Reed with her life. A near-perfect ally. Debrillion had been the most ideal and convenient holding place until Lorimar or his chip could be found. But now that it had, we would duplicate the chipset here, and then finally move the operation to the next phase. I stood in a conference room in the royal palace, listening as Elijah and Nadia spoke to the aristocrats that still held enough power they should be mollified of their concerns about the Sith and Jedi presence. Dubrillian prided itself on its independence, something I respected. As the aristocrats took their leave, I gave them my attention, giving the group a respectful nod. Master Jedi Grell will escort you out, gentlemen. I could sense Nadia's hesitation. She didn't want to leave Elijah alone in the room with me. Her jealousy peaked, which of course bred her anger. I turned back to the window, hiding the sharper edge to my smile. It wouldn't take much to turn Nadia to the dark side. But as long as she remained in Elijah's favor, I simply wouldn't. It's an amazing feeling when you sit inside the dark side of the Force. Your restraint is... Well practiced. 
And not always reliable. You exercise it when you need to. Not always. Larissa? Lord Medine is plotting a coup. Oh, you felt his deception. Of course. Oh, he must be exposed then. You don't give a man with that much power a voice so soon. Risha needs time to submit her rule over these people. I'll handle it. Elijah was not at all put off by my very Sith-like assessment of the situation. In essence, he stayed more true to the Jedi Code than most of them, when he said, without emotion, only logic. It would look too suspicious if you killed him. If I kill him, it will be covered up enough that those who wish to believe the lie can. Those that choose to give in to fear will back down, and even those that believe the truth will hesitate. All paths make Risha appear stronger. I like the way you think. Elijah and I turned as Queen Risha Drain walked into the room. Vet and Reed followed behind her. The sight of my sister brought a smile to my mouth. I just wanted to thank you. It is my sincerest pleasure, Risha. Our alliance benefits us both, and you've made my sister rich. So thank you, Risha. And you should see the upgrade she's made to my ship. Risha and I are going to steal something out of the Royal Museum. Plenty of time before my next meeting. I'll see you all tonight. Bring me back something for my bathroom! Wonderful to see you, Reed. Brother-in-law, I took the chip to the facility. It's complicated, and it'll be slow-moving, but they can do it. Just not too slow. We're running out of time. I figured as much. Reed got off the table and came up to the window next to me. She crossed her arms over her chest and put her shoulder against the glass, turning her head to gaze out over the landscape. You don't owe them this much. I've told her the same. I appreciated that they were protective over my burden, but nothing either of them said could dull the truth of the matter. No, I didn't know Zarin or Makethia much. Not really. Our grief over the matter was equal. But I did owe Kazrin. Even now, a Sith through and through, I had never been in as dark a place as I was the months after I left Coruscant. That was the past, though, and we had much to do now. I pulled away from my thoughts, glancing over at Elijah. You should return to Ilum before you're missed, husband. He nodded and walked up to me, pressing his lips against my cheek. Stay safe, wife. I'll keep her out of trouble. Or I'll get her into it. It's a toss-up. Reed, you loved Kazarin too. Why didn't you ever fault me for his death? Because I saw you after. And, to be honest, Larissa, he's as much to blame for what happened. How can you say that? I would have died that day. You did die a little that day. And even so, you don't know that you wouldn't have survived the attack. You might even have saved some lives. Either way, it was your lesson to learn. He should have let you learn it. Hmm. You should have stayed a Jedi. You might have taught them something. <laughs> nah. I like breaking the rules way too much. <laughs> Come. I want to go to the factory and put some fear into the workers there. That'll speed things up. Right behind you, sis. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. I also encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we'll have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, click the link down in the description 
or go to dsc.gg backslash crystalsimagination. You can also join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show, where I talk with the cast about the episodes and related topics. We do those on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash crystalsimagination, or just click the link down in the description. Episode 7 features voice performances by Jake Riker, Guama Harstenel, Tara, Melissa Oki, Ray Stecanus, Hannah Cardiac, Crystal Storm, Adam Corman, Aki Scarlett, and Elijah Neal. Special thanks to Hannah Cardiac for her work as a sound engineer on Episode 7. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode, so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create it.